0: welcome to in broad daylight your host adam todd brown on this episode immigration executive orders and you hey everybody welcome to in broad daylight i am adam todd brown i am the host this is my solo podcast it's a podcast that didn't start out intending to be all about Trump, but it is now, kind of, I guess, until he's out of office. And it's, it's not just that, but it's, it's a podcast about Trump news that maybe isn't getting the media attention it deserves, which almost, you know, th- through no fault of the media's to some extent, because goddamn, there's so much of it to keep up with. But today I want to talk about his new executive orders, which are obviously huge news. That's, I mean, there's a shooting at a hospital, and even that is not bumping Trump's executive orders off of CNN, which is good, which is good if you ask me. But what bothers me about it is anytime Trump or the Trump administration puts something like this out, we get a press brief- briefing from Sean Spicer. He gives us. Whatever details he gives us. And then at least the televised media just kind of goes back to their respective rooms and just discusses the things Sean Spicer was willing to discuss. If, say, there's a question about whether these executive orders are going to expand the definition of criminals who will be deported to include any criminal who's committed any offense— And these dipshits on CNN are still discussing this as if it's a question and as if these executive orders aren't on the fucking internet for anyone to read. Uh, The simple answer to that question is yes. Here's the thing. These new executive orders absolutely do protect dreamers, uh, people who are here under DACA. Absolutely. It, It very clearly specifies that they are excluded from these new immigration orders. But what it also very, very, very clearly specifies is that anyone else who is here illegally, there is no more classification. They used to classify illegal immigrants in order of... They would make the decisions on who to deport in order of things like uh, criminal activity, you know, whoever posed a biggest threat, the biggest threat to society, things like that. And now those classifications, for all intents and purposes, no longer exist. They, in, It's not just that people could read this and know this, people who work for CNN. I mean, CNN has a staff. I had to make fucking chili this morning and research this bullshit. CNN has a staff. There should have been someone reading this at 6 o'clock in the fucking morning and answering these questions that they're waiting for Sean Spicer to yell at them at some point in the future. So yes, it does absolutely expand the definition of criminal to include anyone. It does a lot of things that even though this has been available to the public for hours, so far news networks aren't really mentioning it. Uh so let's let's go through let's go through them, shall we? I'll do it for you. Fuck it. If you want to read all these, it's really really easy to find. Just go to dhs.gov slash executive hyphen orders hyphen protecting hyphen homeland they're all right there there's three executive orders two implementation memos if you just read those that's really all you need to know there's it will answer all of your goddamn questions you don't need to read the fact sheets that's redundant just read the executive orders read the implementation memos so let's go through some of the things that are in these that no one's uh, no one's brought up yet. The Executive Order on Border Security and Immigration Enforcement Improvements. This is a pretty comprehensive list of the things that, not really that Trump wants to do, but things that the Department of Homeland Security has already been directed to do. These are executive orders. That's how... Obama got a lot of shit through. I mean, these are—we'll get to it later. These are going to get fucking challenged in court, but I mean, these these things are the law basically as of right now. Uh, border security and immigration enforcement improvements. The one thing that stood out to me in that executive order that no one is discussing is the detention facilities. Uh, section five: The secretary shall take all appropriate action and allocate all legally available resources to immediately construct, operate, control, or establish contracts to construct, operate, or control facilities to detain aliens at or near the land border with Mexico. What else do you need to read to know whether or not this is a mass deportation order? That is so infuriating to hear people who are supposed to be, you know, giving us news, still wondering if this constitutes a mass deportation. You don't fucking need to construct detention facilities on an emergency goddamn basis just for routine shit. This is a mass deportation order. And uh, here this is from Section 10. Federal-state agreements. It is the policy of the executive branch to empower state and local law enforcement agencies across the country to perform the functions of an immigration officer in the interior of the United States to the maximum extent permitted by law. What that means is while we were wondering where he's going to get the resources and manpower to carry out mass deportations – He's just going to use the local police. It's uh, because of all sorts of other executive orders and legislation that has passed related to terrorism and immigration. Trump absolutely kind of, (laughs) absolutely kind of, has the ability. Well, not Trump. The states have the ability to make partnerships with the federal government, which basically, not basically, which turn... Local law enforcement officials into immigration officials. Immigration officials who can make deportation decisions. And we'll talk about, actually, so, so the same dickhead cops who we see shooting unarmed black motorists all the time are now the ones who will be deciding if <laughs> the Mexican person they pulled over should be in this country or not like they the the lo- local cops are are immigration enforcement now but not yet it, what it what he's clearing the way for is for states to make an agreement with the federal government to use their po- local police state and local police resources to aid in rounding up illegal immigrants and that's not a thing that's never happened before at one point, there were 32 states cooperating in a similar program under the Bush and and Obama administrations, or it might have just been Obama. But eventually, that like support for it waned, and states started pulling out. Trump wants to bring that back, but with an extra component where if the federal government comes to your state and your state decides no we're not going to participate in your immigration enforcement activities it it actually doesn't even address what happens if if that happens at the state level but at the city level uh say Los Angeles Los Angeles has been vowing to not participate in Trump's immigration actions and if you've been wondering what that means this tells us what it means is that the federal government is going to come to state and local police forces and say, if you don't help us round up illegal immigrants, we will withdraw any funding from you except for funding that goes toward law enforcement helping to round up illegal immigrants. So it's fine for California to say we won't do it, and we probably will say we won't do it, because we, you know, we can live without government money until a simultaneous flood and earthquake uh, ruins us but for the rest of the states that money is important and you'll probably get a handful of states that might challenge it but once it goes through at the state level then it, it it's a matter of local you know city police and if any if anywhere along that that chain If anyone refuses to participate in rounding up illegal immigrants, they lose federal funding. Not just that, but they also want to start posting. This has been mentioned before, and this is also referenced in the executive orders. They want to start posting information about crimes committed by people here illegally. And they want to do it. uh, They basically are going to post information about sanctuary cities where these crimes are happening. And so they're basically going to shame any state that doesn't participate in their immigration program. They're basically going to shame them online and make that place seem like a hellhole filled with immigrant criminals that just victimize white people all day. This is public policy. This is in their goddamn executive orders. I'm not making that up. So that's Section 10, federal state agreements. That's how... He's going to carry out uh, not just monitoring, you know, sanctuary cities for compliance, but that's, you know, that's how they're going to be forced to comply. They're going to have to use their local law enforcement to round up the illegal immigrants that they have given sanctuary to for all these years and enter them into the removal process, as it's called several times in these goddamn orders. But I digress. I'm I'm getting ahead of myself. Detention facilities, what's really interesting about those is during the campaign for, during the presidential campaign, at one point, the Department of Justice announced that they would be no longer using private prisons. There's an article on CNBC from August 18th, 2016, prison stocks plunge after report Justice Department will end use of private prisons. Uh, So that's from August. And now from the New York Times, not long after Trump won the election. Trump's win gives stocks in private prison companies a reprieve. That can't make you feel good. I mean, I don't know if it means anything, but it can't make you feel great that private prison stocks rose after Trump won and now we're probably seeing why, because he's going to have to build a shit ton of these prisons, not prisons, sorry, detention centers on the border to keep up with all the people that they're going to be attempting to deport. There's also, along with all of these ex- executive orders, there's also implementation memos that go out by, from the Department of Homeland Security. And some of the interesting things from the implementation memo that relates to this executive order it's actually a lot to keep up with uh i mean i i again i don't really fault anyone for not being able to cover it all i can't cover it all but i mean it is basic like i said he's going to he wants to make local police forces immigration officers who can make deportation decisions it's basically that that simple there's he's cutting out the steps between you making first contact with the police and you ending up in front of an immigration officer later, that cop you first make contact with now is your immigration officer. And that's kind of horrifying, but it it gets worse. There's a big section about children, and it would seem like good news that there are actually a few sections of this executive order that pertain to making sure children are relatively well treated when they arrive as unaccompanied minors. But it's not really that. Because if, if you read it further, especially if you read the Department of Homeland Security memo about it, there's paragraph after paragraph about how unaccompanied minors are just a means for malevolent people to exploit the immigration system. So after you get through all of this stuff about how, yes, we recognize that we can't treat children like any other illegal immigrant, then what you get is this uh, update to our immigration laws, Section M, Accountability Measures to Protect Alien Children from Exploitation and Prevent Abuses of Our Immigration Law. And what that basically boils down to is if it's determined that the parents of an unaccompanied minor who arrives in this country illegally if if they can somehow prove that those parents paid someone to get their child across the border their parents will be arrested under child trafficking laws so these are parents you know, who are desperate to get their children out of horrible situations, so desperate that they will put it in the hands of someone who might not be the safest option, but at that point, it's a better gamble than just leaving your kids in the fucking gun violence and war-torn section of Mexico or wherever they were living before. And now we want to go after those people not the people who—I mean, the people who bring them, too, also the, the smugglers, but also the parents who pay them money. So if if you pay someone to bring your kid to this country, you will be targeted and treated as if you are a child trafficker. Now, this is really interesting to me. One of the other executive orders, uh, which is also at, at that same link, uh, executive order January twenty seventh 2017— Executive Order Protecting the Nation from Foreign Terrorist Entry into the United States. There is a lot of really interesting shit in this particular executive order, but what really caught my attention was Section 6, which is Rescission of Exercise of Authority Relating to the Terrorism Grounds of Inadmissibility. The Secretaries of State and Homeland Security shall, in consultation with the Attorney General, consider rescinding the exercises of authority in Section 232 of the INA 8 USC 1182 relating to the terrorism grounds of inadmissibility as well as any related implementing memoranda. So that's confusing as shit. So I actually went and read that section of the Immigration and Naturalization Act that they want to rescind. And at first, in looking at it, I couldn't find the reason why they would want to rescind this. Because it's all about how, if you're a terrorist, you shouldn't be allowed in the country. And you would think rescinding this would be completely counterproductive to what Trump wants to do. But there, at one point, is... a a list of exceptions, and one of the exceptions is—well, one of the—before, I'm I'm getting ahead of myself—one of the conditions under which you would not be allowed back into the country under this section of the Immigration and Naturalization Act is if you were the spouse or child of an alien who is inadmissible under this order, if the activity causing the alien to be found inadmissible occurred within the last five years— So if your spouse or parent committed an act of terrorism within the last five years, you are not allowed to enter this country. But there's an exception subclause that reads that does not apply to the spouse or child if they did not or should not reasonably have known of the activity causing the alien to be found inadmissible under the section or whom the counselor, office, or attorney general has reasonable grounds to believe has renounced the activity causing the alien to be found inadmissible under this section. So there was a time when if someone in your family, say your husband, your wife, your parent, maybe even your child, someone in your household goes rogue and gets radicalized and commits an act of terror. There was a time where you could argue as a mostly innocent family member that you shouldn't be deported for what they did. And by rescinding this section of the Immigration and Naturalization Act, they take that away. So now if your family member does some shit, they can deport you too. And hey, at least they're not breaking up families, right? It's great. And now as to the, the question of whether this whether these executive orders expand the definition of what is considered a criminal as it relates to illegal immigration. Again, this is another question that people are actually still asking on on your news channels. This is Section 5 of the Executive Order Enhancing Public Safety in the Interior of the United States. This is Section 5 verbatim. Enforcement Priorities. In executing faithfully the immigration laws of the United States, the Secretary of Homeland Security shall prioritize for removal those aliens described by the Congress in sections, and then it rattles off a bunch of sections, as well as removable aliens who, and these are all of the the categories, have been convicted of any criminal offense, have been charged with any criminal offense, where such charge has not been resolved. So if you have a pending case and haven't been found guilty yet, you are now subject to deportation. That was A and B. C, have committed acts that constitute a chargeable criminal offense. So you haven't even been charged for the crime. You've just done something that an immigration official, which I'll remind you now means Fucking local police departments your local police if they think you have committed acts that constitute a chargeable offense you are subject to deportation at that point that's crazy and that's only c d have engaged in fraud or willful misrepresentation in connection with any official matter or application before a governmental agency so have you ever filled out forms at uh, the emergency room and said, yes, I'm a citizen, but you weren't, you are now subject to deportation. Have abused any programs related to receipt of public benefits? I'm assuming if you're an illegal immigrant, you're not supposed to get public benefits, so maybe you'd have to lie to get those. So if that's found out, you're subject to deportation. Are subject to final order of removal, but who have not complied with their legal obligation to depart the United States which that's almost the only reasonable one because those were the deportations that, like, if you're subject to a final order of removal right now, probably Obama did it. So, I mean, I guess that's fine. Uh, G, and this is the most terrifying one, in the judgment of an immigration officer otherwise pose a risk to public safety or national security. So, again, this order expands the definition of immigration officer to possibly include local police and puts the determination as to whether a person should be deported in the hands of those local police and even worse if local police decide not to act like immigration officers the city that they're policing will lose federal funds and from that same order section 9b to better inform the public regarding the public safety threats associated with sanctuary jurisdictions, the secretary shall utilize the declined detainer outcome report or its equivalent and on a weekly basis, make public a comprehensive list of criminal actions committed by aliens and any jurisdiction that ignored or otherwise failed to honor any detainer's with respect to such aliens. So like I said earlier, if you refuse to arrest anyone who's in the country here illegally just because they're here illegally, the federal government is now going to call you out for it on a public website. Probably Twitter. There'll probably be a Twitter poll. I don't know. And here's the thing. Uh, uh, another interesting thing that's just kind of buried in here, Section 14, the Privacy Act. Agencies shall, to the extent consistent with applicable law, ensure that their privacy policies exclude persons who are not United States citizens or lawful permanent residents from the protections of the Privacy Act regarding personally identifiable information. Now, what this means is they're basically tying it all back to an immigration program that used to be in place called Secure Communities. And in, I believe, 2011, Obama replaced secure communities with a program called PEP, Priority Enforcement Program. And what happened is there was a man who was arrested, and he had he was born in the country, had been in the country since 1989. So in all theory, he is a citizen. But What he didn't realize is that when he was arrested for a minor drug offense that he should have just been able to go serve like six weeks at a boot camp was actually the sentence he would have received for this minor drug offense. What he didn't know is that his fingerprints triggered a notification at Immigration and Customs Enforcement, and because they sent back a detainer request, which they shouldn't have sent, instead of going to a boot camp because of that detainer request, He went to a federal prison and ended up staying at that federal prison for two months while Immigration and Customs figured out that he actually was allowed to be in the country. And then he had to go serve his time in boot camp. But had he not figured, had had they not worked that out, he would have done seven years in prison. So he took this to court and argued that there was a privacy policy that protected him in in that his fingerprints shouldn't have been shared in a way that would lead to him being arrested. And he fought that in court and won, which is one of the things that led to the priority enforcement program being put in place because this previous program was sketchy as fuck. Well, Trump's executive order literally says we're going back to that old program. So that part that I just read about how all the documents have to be amended to say that privacy acts don't apply to people who aren't citizens, it's so they can get around what was the one constitutional challenge to the secure communities program, which we have gone back to. That's, it's, it's the official record now. The priority enforcement program is no longer and we are back to secure communities, just like that. If you read and, and it it is just like that. If you read these memos that Department of Homeland Security sends out after these executive orders go up, it's just that quick. It's an executive order. That's how they fucking work. The one thing to to the credit of this executive order, it does in fact exclude dreamers. People here under DACA. They they specifically say in the opening paragraph of the Department of Homeland Security memo pertaining to the immigration and enforcement executive orders. That, that memo is also at that same link. It's called Enforcement of Immigration Laws to Serve the National Interest. And it specifically points out the two memorandums that were issued by the Obama administration that made DACA a thing. So it specifically in- excludes those two things. But then it goes on to say, except as specifically noted above, the department no longer will exempt classes or categories of removable aliens from potential enforcement. So that means literally everyone else who's here illegally. But go ask CNN. They'll tell you they haven't told us yet. So we don't know that. Oh, that bothers me so much. Trump hasn't said it. So we don't know. It's on the website. Go fucking read it. But one of the other the last thing I'll talk about, I'll keep this kind of short, I guess. The, the last thing that's really stood out to me, and this I think is the most terrifying part, they're setting up a fund to go toward compensating victims of crimes committed by illegal aliens. And if you read that particular section, it points out that they're going to fund this, uh, <laughs> this fund by diverting money that Immigrations and Custom Enforcement currently uses for immigrant advocacy. That seems like a minor detail, and it's not something you're going to hear on the news. But what that means, right now there are maybe 20 to 25 local immigration and customs enforcement field offices. And these local field offices are your first point of contact if you need to reach immigration and customs enforcement. So say, for example, if a relative was arrested and you find out that they've been taken into custody by immigration and Customs Enforcement, you would call one of these outreach centers to find out where they are and what happens next and what their status is. But this executive order wants to defund those local outreach centers. Any money that they spend helping people on the wrong side of their immigration enforcement They want to take all that money and give it to uh, victims of these perceived crimes by illegal immigrants. So what's scary about that is between the expedited process they want to put in place for getting people back out of the country once they've identified as being here illegally, between that and the multitude of detention centers, they don't specify how many detention centers they want to put up, but they want to put up a lot. If you are unlucky enough to come in contact with a law enforcement official, a local cop, who, even if you're a dreamer, even if you're here under DACA, say you don't have, there's an ID card that they issue for that, say you don't have it, say you lost it. At that point, it's going to become a tell it to the judge kind of thing. Because that cop can literally go, nope, you are here illegally. I am now ushering you into the removal process. So from there, say a few hours pass and your family is expecting you home and they start making phone calls. Before today, they would have had a contact at Immigration and Customs Enforcement that they could have called a liaison, if you will, who could have told them you know, where you've been taken, what your status is, what which of the detention centers you're at, that's gone now. This executive order abolishes that. So between not having that contact, there's a good chance, even if you're here legally under DACA, if you get a cop who questions it and puts you into the removal process anyway, and your family doesn't know about it, and they don't have this resource to call and find out where you are, it could be days before they find out where you are and with how much they're wanting to expedite this removal process you might not even still be in the country when they find out where you are and that's fucking terrifying they're they're basically stripping all of this executive order is a mass deportation order there's no other way to put it and all you have to do is fucking read it to know that (sighs) there's so much more but I can't go. Just please, go go read them all. Read them fucking verbatim and understand what this all really means, because you're not going to hear it on CNN. They still aren't sure if this really is a mass deportation order, because Sean Spicer hasn't said it at a press briefing yet. But hey, at least they don't hate the Jews, right? He did say that today, which is probably also a lie. Anyway, I have to get the fuck out of here. Thank you for listening. You know all the things to do. Follow us on the places and, you know, ugh, God damn it, Trump. All right, goodbye. We love you.